make the most of your life. When you remove the blocks that are holding you back, you can bring inspiration, passion, and purpose to yourself and those around you. This is the Hoffman Connection with your hosts, Raz Ingrassi and Ed McLoon. Our hosts and their guests will give you the tools that you need to improve yourself by bringing you closer to what really matters. Now, here's your host. Welcome to the Hoffman Connection. This is Raz Ingrassi. We're coming to you live from San Rafael in beautiful Northern California. I'm the president of the Hoffman Institute, and uh, if you've never heard of the Hoffman Institute, we're celebrating 45 years as the leading personal development program, helping thousands of people who are serious about change. We have 13 sites across 11 countries and have helped over 80,000 people worldwide. This is a, the Hoffman process is our uh, is the thing for which we're most, most famous. That's an amazing eight-day personal retreat of development and discovery. My co-host here is Hoffman teacher and therapist Ed McLoon. Thanks, Russ. Ed, yeah, I'm. Yeah, our show is the Hoffman Connection, and our intention is to bring inspiration and education tools to help you connect to a life that you'd love and to help you connect to others who are doing just that, living a life they love, like our two guests today. Um, we offer the Hoffman Process around 30 times a year here in the United States. We're a nonprofit organization supported in large part by our students and graduates. And at the same time, we're the kind of nonprofit organization that supports you for the rest of your life. Um, if you'd like to learn more about the workings of the Hoffman Process, we have a weekly introduction call every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time, so essentially right after our show. I'll be there um, later on this afternoon, and you can get more information about that confidential introduction call by going to our website, hoffmaninstitute.org. All the details are right there. So now to uh, bring in our two guests, we'll go right back to you, Raz. Well, today we're really excited because we are speaking with Dick Simon and um, and uh, Joel Apple, and both of them are very successful businessmen, and we're speaking with them today about really a new model, a 21st century model for leadership, not just in business leadership, but leadership in all parts of your life, the kind of leadership that results from joining your head and your heart. Uh, Dick Simon is a uh, he's created something called the Peace Action Network inside of the Young Presidents Organization, and he goes around the world engaging business leaders to make a difference in areas of conflict and need. And he's a very successful entrepreneur, a real estate developer, and he's also an active social enterprise philanthropist and a committed organic gardener <laughs> and a father, passionate photographer. And uh, who, who documents, really, the environments, cultures, and people that he experiences as he goes around. Joel is uh, probably many of you know his product. Uh, it was called Orange Glow International. He sold his family business some years ago. He started a new company called Launchpad, a company that brings new innovations to market. And they've done amazing things from uh, a line called Full Bar uh, to math and memory games that recently received a Parents' Choice Gold Award. He focuses on new ventures, but he's also very involved in philanthropy. And and uh, how do you market philanthropic ideas, and how do you move the importance of philanthropy into the public domain? So welcome, Dick and Joel. And um, I want to start by saying that both of you are members of the Young Presidents Organization, and for those of you who don't know, that's an organization comprised of highly successful CEOs who have reached uh, an echelon of market success before they were 50 years old. But as I understand it, YPO members, Young Presidents Organization members, are really encouraged to measure success by more than the bottom line. And, Joel, could you comment a little bit on what, what we mean by that, or what do you mean by that? Sure. Raz, thanks for the nice introduction. Um, when I first started getting involved with YPO, it, it seemed obvious to me that uh, we'd have uh, help on business and we'd meet a lot of neat business leaders who could uh, give us ideas and help us be more successful. But really, what really um, struck me was that um, when I first went through my interviews to learn more about YPO, um, these guys were talking about things like, well, you know, how are you doing personally? And 
we're, we're interested in uh, how you're feeling about your life and um, how you're doing spiritually. And it was very, very interesting to me because uh, as I started to learn, the more time I spent in YPO and then attending the Hoffman process is that it's, it's hard to be a, a whole person and show up as the kind of leader you want to be if you, you really aren't balanced on a lot of fronts. Uh, in addition to business success, uh, how you doing personally and spiritually? And um, that has affected my life, obviously, personally, um, with my family, raising my kids and all my family members, and then really how I think about my goals in business. Um, we want to be a kind of company that, a place to work that people really want to come and work, and we're desirable, and uh, we want to be, we want to have suppliers who like working with us, and we want to launch innovative products that really are going to make a difference in the world and really help people out. Um, I don't want to minimize the, uh, the joy of making a positive bottom line, but uh, it's a lot more fun when you really feel like you're doing something that's helping all the people involved and helping the customers who are buying your product. That's great. And, uh, Dick, do you have anything, any comment along that you'd like to make? Yeah, I mean, Joel, I would completely agree with everything you said. Um, I'd also add that uh, in addition to sort of the traditional metrics of business success, you know, making money, growing a company, having happy employees, and, and all of your stakeholders engaged and, and, and feeling very positively, there's uh, one of the things that I really gained from my, first my YPO experience, and then it was accelerated dramatically when I participated in the Hoffman process, is this whole person feeling. The, uh, my, measuring my leadership or my success as how I'm doing as a person, how my family is doing, and then you know, going out to a broader community, what impact I'm having in the world. Um, YPO is a, a construct, which is also in the Hoffman Institute now, called Forums, or it's a very personal uh, support group or board of advisors, not like a business board of directors, but very much helping you on your life path and your life journey. And it's actually through my forum that I ended up uh, discovering the Hoffman process because uh, some of my forum mates went and said, you know, you, you've got to go, you've got to do this. Well, we hear a lot these days uh, about authenticity and, uh, you know, being an authentic leader. Does that have any resonance for you? What, what, do you, what would you say about is that what you're striving for? Is that what you mean by being a whole person? Could you comment on that, either one of you? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, in terms of authentic leadership, I mean, the, the model of, gee, I'm the boss, I give orders, you're a subordinate, you follow, basically just doesn't work. <laughs> I, in addition to the fact that it's not very satisfying, that it's not a wonderful way to lead your life, um, it, it doesn't work. What really works, is this, you know, what is now being called authentic leadership. It's leading from your heart. It's having a real sense and a real uh, ability to communicate with others and to hear what they're saying and thinking and feeling. And that's, to me, what authentic leadership is. And that's like the way I run business, the way I, I run the, the, uh, lead the Peace Action Network, and the way that I try to be leading my life. Wonderful. And, Joel, um, I know that you're also involved in philanthropy. And what are some of the things that, you know, that have caught your attention or that you're investing in to try to make a difference in the world? Sure, Raz. One of the uh, organizations that uh, I'm very passionate about and has really changed my life is an organization called First Descents. Uh, First Descents was started about 12 years ago by uh, a guy who was 18, professional kayaker, traveling all over the world running stretches of river that had never been run before, risking his life. And uh, when he came back, he started uh, holding small programs for young adults, 18 to 39, with cancer. And that has since grown into an international organization where this summer we'll have 50 programs. Uh, the programs are either whitewater kayaking or rock climbing. And at each program we take, uh, again, 15 young adults because we feel that population is highly underserved, uh, the 18 to 39-year-old uh, demographic. And we teach them for a week how to whitewater kayak or, or rock climb. Uh, and we're experimenting with some other outdoor adventures that really test you. 
that don't go easy on a person just because uh, they've come off of a cancer treatment or trying to get their lives back in order. And the adventure acts as a catalyst for the healing that takes place at our camps. And it's interesting. Uh, it was really the Hoffman process and the work I did there and contemplating my life shortly after the, I went through the process that uh, I started thinking, okay, it's the time in my life where I now want to really give back and explore a whole new venture that uh, is entirely philanthropic to me that uh, really moves my passions. And being from Colorado, I, of course, enjoy the outdoors and rock climbing. And so I started looking for uh, an organization, and I, uh, I found First Ascents and fell in love with the work they were doing and uh, uh, have worked passionately to expand their reach and the population we serve ever since. It must be amazing to go ahead, Ed. What? No, I'm just going to throw it to break rest, yeah, actually. Okay. So, um, you know, leadership is a topic that's selling more books than just about anything these days, and it's a wonderful topic to learn more about, and we'd like to encourage your questions and participation in our show here this afternoon. So um, the way to do that would be to call us, 866-472-5788. That's 866-472-5788. Or if it's easier for you to send us an email with a question for either Joel or Dick, please, radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Radio at hoffmaninstitute.org will connect you. I'm here to the Hoffman Connection, and we'll be right back in just a moment. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And we're, welcome back to the Hoffman Connection. We're here with Joel Apple and um, Dick Simon. And... Dick, you know, one of the things that is just so impressive about leadership, or leaders in general, are people with, who, who can take an idea and provide initiative to make it into something real or, you know, at least making dreams, thoughts, inspiration into action and results. And I understand that you've got quite uh, a bit of inspiration around taking leadership internationally. You want to talk some about that? Sure. Uh, so I've spent most of the last 10 years through this YPO, or Young Presidents Organization, galvanizing leaders. Now, we have like 19,000 members in 110 countries. 
And if you added up all the sales of all those companies that are run by YPOers, in many cases owned by YPOers, it's like $5.8 trillion, which is equivalent to the third largest economy in the world. What's been incredibly interesting and satisfying for me is galvanizing a lot of those leaders to take the leadership skills and leadership approach and use their resources, their influence, and most importantly, their experience and their expertise to make a, a huge difference in areas of conflict and need. I just came from the Middle East, where I spent a couple of weeks meeting with leaders of the Israel chapter and the Palestine chapter, uh, whereas certainly politically there are very significant challenges there. The ability to work with some of the top business leaders in those countries toward making major bridges and differences is really satisfying, not just for me, more importantly, for everyone else involved. And then obviously the outcome is very, very important too. But uh, leaders have learned that the more impact they can have in the world, it's almost, people will talk about it as, gee, you do all this great stuff, you're so altruistic, you're so wonderful. It's not about that. The truth is there's nothing more satisfying than being engaged and making a difference. So it, it, it feeds everyone who's involved, and it helps motivate and make things sustainable. That's got to be incredibly gratifying, yeah. Uh, I'd like to ask Dick, um, you know, this Peace Action Network is pretty amazing, and can you just share with us uh, something that that you're particularly proud of, something that, just an example of something that occurred, maybe you have to not, not include names, but just uh, give us a feel for it. Sure. Uh, m- much of what occurs, you're, you're right, is confidential. And the part of the reason it works is because it remains confidential. However, one that I, I can talk about because it became very, very public is in 2003, sure, uh, when both India and Pakistan had not had diplomatic relations for several years. Now, they're both nuclear-armed countries, and they border on each other. And essentially, they were someone making a foolish mistake away from nuclear Armageddon, because nobody wants that, but is that an incoming flock of birds or a missile and you have three minutes to decide and you hope your equipment is good? In that context, we brought through this Peace Action Network 133 Indian YPOers to Pakistan. And in Pakistan, we met with our Pakistani counterparts who are also YPOers. We also met with the then president of Pakistan, Pervez Musharraf, and we're able to catalyze, we didn't completely cause it, but we were able to catalyze the first meeting between the then Pakistani president and the then Indian prime minister. Um, and they hadn't met or spoken for three years. And at that meeting, they kept referring to the business leaders told us this, the business leaders told us that. So the great thing in, in doing a lot of this work is you can have huge impact. And that's incredibly satisfying. That's a beautiful example. I know you've been to Africa and you've been to, uh, you talked to the Middle East. I didn't know that you had uh, been involved with Pakistan and India. That's incredible. Yeah, no, it was great. And there are activities also involved in Latin America. There are activities throughout the world. Much of it is, is not public, but, but that is an example that, uh, you know, that uh, we are able to share. That's wonderful. Awesome. Um, yeah. And Joel, how how do you view philanthropy, uh, you know, uh, these days for yourself? I know that you are, as you mentioned, philanthropically involved, but uh, not just to do good in the world, but it's sort of like it feeds your soul, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's really, I think for everybody, it's it's a little bit different, but uh, at the end of the day, it's it's about making a contribution and really supporting something that uh, that that we're passionate about. It's, it's amazing how many different philanthropic organizations there are in the world, and uh, all my friends are involved in, not all of them, but are involved in such a range of philanthropy. And um, for me, it's really about, uh, you know, again, lining up with things that really uh, stir my passion. One of them now is education. I've gotten somewhat involved in uh, the Colorado Teach for America group, which I think is just doing incredible work in our inner city schools, helping uh, kids get education. And, of course, your organization, RAS, the Hoffman Institute, is near and dear to my heart, the work that you all do. Uh, every person who goes through your process, I think, comes away and, and changes the world in, in their own way. You know, it's sometimes been said that when you've, you, both of you guys have talked about 
uh, your passion, what's in your heart, leading from the heart. And it's sometimes been said that when you know what's in your heart, you know, you know, when you know what's in your heart, your heart wants to make a difference in the world, wants to make a contribution. But when you follow that and work from that, from that inspiration and move that inspiration into the world with your energy, whether it's your leadership energy, your financial energy, that, that kind of a commitment actually empowers, uh, your, your activities such that Really, the the things you do have almost a, uh, the effect gets magnified. Do you have any sense of that? Like, the, like there's a synergy of, of of connecting with the world in a powerful way that that almost has a magical effect. Yeah, I think people love to follow people who are passionate about what they do to their core. That that's what gets us excited. Uh, it, it's all about enthusiasm. It's all about excitement. Um, any one of us or anyone listening, when, when we're excited about something, it's amazing what uh, the world will line up behind you or at least take an interest and uh, uh, want to you know, participate in what we're involved in. And uh, So for me, letting that, A, getting in touch with that passion and figuring out what it is and then sharing it openly and honestly, which sometimes can be a little scary, uh, I think is what the world needs more of. Hmm. Right. And I would build on that. Um, it's the really getting in touch with your passion. It's shedding a lot of the who you should be or what you're supposed to do or you know uh, things like that, which Hoffman Institute refers to as patterns, but basically sort of programmed responses. When you can get rid of that and get to your real core, um, it's amazing the amount of power and energy and, and strength and resources that you have, and how that just radiates. I, I Dick was so oh, good. I'm just sorry. I, I, I don't want to interrupt the passion that's coming forth right <laughs> now. But, but was in in your history, you know, because there's there's obviously we all have you know leadership that comes from a certain defined pattern. That's not the authentic leadership that you're talking about right now. Sort of a transition moment in your work because I'm sure that you know you've been a gifted leader and making contribution in business in a variety of different ways well before you kind of delved into your heart to find what you were in. Authentically enthusiastic about was there a transition moment in your life that kind of shifted from a more patterned this is what I'm expected to do leadership into a deeper form of leadership? Definitely. Um, so I, I was uh, you know brought up uh, you know I was uh, been, was fortunate you know was bright and you know achievement oriented and so I became this amazing human doing. I mean, all sorts of success and accolades, and, you know, I'm not saying that those aren't wonderful, but um, it became, that was more of the motivator, uh, you know, being driven by all, all sorts of um, uh, what, what we're calling patterns here. Where I shifted dramatically was now about five years ago when I knew that I loved what I was doing, and I knew that I was doing it, you know, and it was working out well, but I was starting to feel like a hamster on a treadmill. That was a pretty good treadmill, but it, I was running faster and faster, and I started seeing that in my kids, too. And that was kind of a wake-up call. And then for me, what, what helped me sort of uh, gain a lot more clarity is I did do the Hoffman process, and that just totally shifted the way I approached the doing. So um, I'm still getting a lot of wonderful things done and loving what I am involved with, but it's without the freneticism, but with a much deeper energy that actually is, is far more effective, even if you wanted to measure it that way, and it's infinitely uh, more satisfying. But it all sort of transitioned for me um, just almost five years ago now when I did do the Hoffman process, which came from uh, several of my YPL friends saying, you've got to try this. And since then, I've referred you know, ridiculous numbers of people, all of whom... <laughs> have had, you know, variants of that experience. Hmm. My, my leadership shift came uh, from an experience I had with my son shortly after the Hoffman work I did. I, uh, he, one of the challenges we all face, or many of us face, in raising children is uh, the availability of the green stuff that they sell on street corners all over Denver right now. And I remember asking my son, I was... Uh, 
I had a pretty traditional way to look at the world and, you know, no drugs, no pot, that sort of thing. And uh, I remember asking him, uh, Zach, have you ever smoked pot? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, Dad, I have. And I had a choice to make. I thought, okay, I'm programmed through all my business training and traditional training to um, ground him and start taking away privileges. And instead, through the training or the, or the work I did at Hoffman, I, at that moment I thought, okay, let, let's shift this and take a different approach. And I said, instead, what did you think of it, the experience? Did you like it? And uh, it was something I wouldn't have said many, many months before that, but he opened up for an hour and just started telling me what was going on in his life. And it made me realize that I really don't have to be afraid of exploring different approaches and looking at a non-traditional way to do things and, uh, and be afraid of the truth anymore. And let's explore it and get to a, a better place is, is kind of what it taught me at that moment. And it affected my approach with the people I work with and others in my life. Yeah, so that's one of those examples. It's a perfect example, Joel. Thanks so much. And I hope your kid doesn't mind being outed too much on the air here. <laughs> but uh, my kids might. Anyhow, um, it, it's a great example of how leadership isn't necessarily just in the context of business or work, but it's just simple simple little incidents of living a life. We're going to have to take an, another break here very briefly here on the Hoffman Connection. Um, we encourage anyone who would like to to join us. Actually, uh, for those who do call in, um, the uh, Hoffman Process book will be available to be given away, or if you're a Hoffman graduate, we'd also love to invite you for a complimentary teleclass, which is one of the ways we support the graduates of the process. Anyway, we'll, we're talking leadership here with Joel Apple. Um, and Excuse me, and Dick Simon, and we'll be right back in just a moment here on the Hoffman Connection. News, opinion, your voice counts. Call toll free one eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. Hi, this is Raz and Grossi, and we're here with Dick Simon and Joel Apple, two terrific business leaders, uh, and we're talking to them about authentic leadership and about measuring success by more than the bottom line, having a holistic approach to business life and to your, to your life and to your community. And, uh, you know, many of our listeners might not consider themselves to be leaders in any traditional sense, but, of course, when we stop and look at it, we realize everyone's got the responsibility of leading their own life, and every parent is looking after their kids, and uh, every person is out there 
in some frame or another, uh, exercising leadership. And Joel just shared an amazing story of vulnerability and authenticity and listening. And Dick, I'd like to just turn it over to you. What does leadership mean to you in this in this sense? And maybe you could comment on this form of authenticity. Sure. Um, well, I, I, Joel, I thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, and I've had similar experiences that the more I open up, the more others can open up to me. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, in my family, with my kids, you know, with my wife, uh, but also in work and in friendships. Um, I've just been astounded. People have said to me, well, gee, I never would have said this to you before because sort of, you know, you were like leading this perfect life. But once you sort of open up and become vulnerable, once I open up and become vulnerable, it creates space for others to be authentic. And that works everywhere from, uh, you know, in a working environment where, you know, there's a certain degree of, of management and the like, but basically by being open and really hearing people and showing my vulnerability, um, I, I know that I'm an infinitely better leader. And it's certainly we've had many uh, situations with our kids over the last several years, you know, who in some ways are these incredible overachievers and successful in all this, but, you know, life fits in exactly always perfectly like that. And uh, by being open and uh, exactly as Joe was describing, the, the non-judgmental and just listening and being there, uh, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. Yeah, it sounds like instead of, you know, the sort of the command form of uh, leadership, it's more of an invitation to join or blend on, on areas that there's mutual caring or, you know, enthusiasm or something. Is, is that what you're talking about, Dick? Yes, um, and to show that you're not perfect, because there's this tremendous pressure, particularly you know if you're like running a business. How are things? The answer is always great. You know, you, uh, you, know, you, you don't reveal you know your, your largest customers about to leave you. Your bank's doing this. You know, your spouse <laughs> is doing that. But the more you can open up, or the more I open up, the more I find others then are just more real with me. And there's no better way to, to lead than to have people um, feel comfortable with you and believe in what you're saying and doing. It sounds like um, it's also then, a, a kind of a statement of, of self-confidence. Like, it, it, I'm not in danger by letting you see who I am. Exactly, exactly. Beautifully put. Now, the other quality that I've been noticing in, both, in the things that both, both Joel and Dick have said is... Uh, uh, well, I'm reading between the lines, but I'd like to comment. I, I sense that each of you has an intention to bring out the leadership in other people, to amplify and, and magnify the leadership potential of other people, not to be above people, but to draw them forward, because the more leadership you can, uh, you know, other people show, the the bigger the whole game is. Is that, uh, how would you say that? Or what, what, what comments might you make on that? Why don't we go to Joel? <laughs> I was afraid you were going to say my name. Uh, <laughs> right back to school, he called my name. <laughs> yeah, my first answer, Rez, is yes. Absolutely, I agree with that 100%. And I just think it's a lot easier to engage people when uh, you learn to listen deeply to what's going on and what they're thinking because, uh, again, there's so much expectation, I think, in the business world. You're expected to say this or you're expected to do that, but is there really a gem hanging out there that somebody's just not coming forward with because they're afraid? You've never tried it. They don't want to fail. Uh, what have you? And when it comes to, you know, the art of the possibility, to quote a book I really enjoyed, um, how do you get the possibilities out? And I think it's so much easier if, as leaders, we can be more open and honest with our people and share our flaws and mistakes and try to get as much of uh, the thinking on the table as we can. We, we all may, leaders, we still may make our own decision at the end, and many of us do, and oftentimes that's appropriate. But uh, how do you create that environment where all the ideas really come flowing out and people feel okay, uh, and not only okay, but excited to share things that are rolling around in their heads. 
Now, one of you uh, mentioned earlier, I think it was Dick, $5.7 trillion of uh, basically companies led it would be the, the 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 gross output per year of companies led by YPO members around the world, um, and I really like this idea of a whole large nineteen thousand CEOs who are committed to more than the bottom line. They're committed to their families, to their communities, to making a difference in the world, to peace, to uh, helping people who are. Uh, recovering from cancer and other catastrophic illnesses in the way that Joel's been talking about. Tell me, you know, I don't know, there's a kind of a sense or maybe even a polarization starting to happen in our country about business leadership and mistrusting business leadership. And yet I think we'd all like to lead, I'd like, I think all of us would like to meet more leaders like you and uh, could you talk a little bit about the kind of people you encounter all over the world through your organization and what's really motivating them? What do you think is really motivating uh, the kinds of people that you associate with? Well, the, the sort of people who I spend most of my time or a lot of my time with are leaders who have this tremendous passion for having a positive impact in the world. Hmm. Um you know, a desire to have a legacy, not not from an ego standpoint of legacy, but have an impact so that their time on this planet has generated some positive change. Uh, mm-hmm. That can certainly be through their business, and it certainly is through their personal and family life, but in a lot of the work I do, it's in a, a broader community. Yeah, one of the things that you, you mentioned just a little bit ago is... Um, when we were talking uh, earlier about the vulnerability issue, there is in some situations, when you are a leader who allows failure, that is when you begin to really succeed. Uh, as, as an example, if people are afraid to tell you things because you're creating such a, a high wall, they can't take risks. And if you don't take a risk, your business or your venture or your enterprise or, frankly, much of your life um, – you end up selling short, and that's really unfortunate. Uh, through this Peace Action Network, one of the big projects that we're involved with is helping to foster entrepreneurship in the Middle East because there, there are major problems there with uh, unemployment levels. And without getting into the details of that, the biggest challenge by far is there's a huge stigma against failing. So if you're not allowed to fail, you can't try. Here in this country, you start a high-tech company, it fails. The venture capitalists, and the next time you go up there, are like, that's great. What did you learn? Um, in other cultures, that's not necessarily true. So the more we can embrace risk-taking, trying things out, vulnerable that everybody's failed at some point at something, uh, and just dropping the, um, the facade of... of uh, attempting to be perfect and going to a much more authentic way of interacting with other people, the better off for absolutely everybody involved. That's wonderful. Um, I'd like to ask, I really, I love everything you just said, and I'm just sort of reflecting on it. And, yeah, you have to have that, that authenticity, the vulnerability, openness, listening, Giving a new, I mean, failure is a learning experience rather than a condemnation. Um, it's just terrible when you have to hide, hide your failures and your shortcomings and pretend that you're perfect mm-hmm. because inside you know you're not. But tell me, um, throw it to you, Joel, how do you keep this internal authenticity alive in yourself and in your organization? Maybe you have a practice something you do on a regular basis that you could share with our listeners? Mm. How do I keep it alive? I think it's, it's alive. I think staying in touch with it is uh, the piece, is, is the compass I have to stay connected to. And uh-huh. uh, really checking in with myself and really checking in with the organization. Um, you know, number one, it's, our, is what you're doing as an organization working? Um, I think that's always important, and for for me, it's uh, you know, for me, it's it's passion. If if I'm not passionate about something, uh, that tells me something. And uh-huh. 
maybe I need to either change, maybe I've had a bad day, but uh, aside from that, maybe I need to change course or maybe I need to think about doing something different because uh, it's all passion. We follow people uh, when we're with organizations, we follow leaders who are passionate and they can create passion within their organizations and we all feel it. We know it. We know when an organization operates that way and when a leader operates that way. And when it ain't there, um, I say watch out. <laughs> Either figure a way to get it back or, or do something different because in my mind, that's what drives organizations. Right. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Joel. We're about to go to a break, and if you would like to participate, there's still time. We have uh, one more segment of the show. and Do that by calling us at 866-472-5788, 866-472-5788. Or if you prefer an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org, you can participate in our conversation with Dick Simon and Joel Apple all about leadership. And people calling in today receive our uh, uh, the book on the Hoffman process or graduates of the process could also have a complimentary teleclass of your choice. Also, just in promoting things, um, there's this afternoon at 5 Pacific time, just after our show today, if you're interested in finding more about the Hoffman process, there's a free and also confidential um, introduction call that will be part of, and you can learn more by going to the Hoffman Institute website, hoffmaninstitute.org. We'll be back more talking leadership just in a minute here on the Hoffman Connection. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are your unconscious patterns holding you back from a life you truly love? For 45 years, the Hoffman Process has helped people reclaim their ability to find love, forgiveness, and their true purpose in life. According to a University of California Davis study, Hoffman Process participants significantly increased their joy, satisfaction, and emotional intelligence on a sustained and lasting basis. For more information, visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Are you looking for more joy, satisfaction, and love in your life? The Hoffman Process can give you the foundation and tools you need to create your ideal future. Celebrating 45 years as the premier personal growth program, the Hoffman Process has helped over 80,000 people worldwide discover answers and guidance to help them find their best life ever. Visit us at hoffmaninstitute.org for more information. The Hoffman Process, when you're serious about change. Again, visit hoffmaninstitute.org. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Hoffman Connection. To reach Raz and Grossi, Ed McClune, or this week's guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to radio at hoffmaninstitute.org. Now, back to our program. And welcome back. Um, Joel, both you and Dick have mentioned several times, you know, this key element of enthusiasm and passion. And um, I think for a lot of us in general, you know, going to work or going about our business in life, um, we're not even so connected emotionally with whatever passion or enthusiasm is. It's more like crossing things off my to-do list. So, um, Dick, is there some way in which you talk more about finding passion inside of you? Or maybe that wasn't quite a, a problem for you throughout your life. But what's that like? Or how do you stay connected or or delve into enthusiasm well, and Joel, passion. Joel really hit on it brilliantly. When he mentioned the checking in with yourself, um, at, at various points I would find myself doing so much 
that I never got to the checking in point because I had eight more things to do. I don't have time to check in with myself. I've got, you know, 87 things to get accomplished. Um, what I find to be incredibly helpful to me now is this ability to stop and really check in, which I, I do. So essentially, like five years ago when I did the Hoffman process, it's like a mega check-in. Uh, it's a week-long sort of shed everything, mega check-in. You know, what am I really passionate about? You know, what's getting in my way? But what's been really, really important and valuable to me is the now regular practices that I've, I've picked up through that and other ways that I do on a daily basis. And that's how I can stay centered, and it's so much easier to go forward when you're going from your center. And, you know, it's so much more pleasant. It's a great life. Right. So many of us are motivated by either our to-do list or what we think the expectations are, that that's kind of the antithesis of leadership because we're being led by something. And if we don't push back somehow to figure out what, what it is we want, those kinds of things, our to-do list will run our life. And certainly, I'm sure we've all had experiences of being sort of slaves to our to-do list, but somehow what you guys are talking about is finding your heart and what you care about, and making that make some choices for you. And Ed, I'd expand on yeah, that. Please. I would say the, um, the work I did in the process really helped me understand um, times in my life when, for whatever reason, I felt like what I was doing just seemed a little out of, out of sync, or it didn't feel right, or it didn't feel satisfying. And on paper, it seemed perfect. Um, Maybe it was really, really profitable and exciting doing it with really cool people, but for whatever reason, it just it just didn't feel right. And I, I don't think I really understood that until um, I came and spent a week with you all. <laughs> I'll give a little plug for the process. But uh, during the process, I really started to understand um, what was going on inside of me when I would have feelings like that, like something's not quite right here, even though it, it should be... Um, making me feel great and I'm having nice success. So um, that's the kind of check-ins that Dick is talking about are uh, something that's become a really important part of my life. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have to do things we don't care for, obviously, but uh, it really helps me understand as far as big decisions and big life directions go uh, how, to, you know, how to separate those out and really choose the ones that uh, really help me come alive. Because I like living there. <laughs> well, you know, in our culture, we have such a premium on uh, achievement and on, on acquiring symbols of success and, uh, and on image. And so many people are trying to manage their lives through symbols and images and convince everyone else that they are successful. And yet, you guys are talking about the inner experience of success, because a lot of people have outer success, but lack the inner success, and uh, you know just can't stop acquiring more of what they don't really want, if you will, uh, to try to produce a, a feeling in themselves, but but they just can't do it. And so you're talking about taking a, a different approach to bring inner to make inner success as important as outer success. Far that, that, more. That's what I kind of hear you. Yeah, I, I would say far, far, far more important than. I mean, outer success is frequently trappings of outer success. You know, how big right. is the car? The, the whatever the other uh, you know acquisitions are. You can have tremendous success in your life um, without any of those. Uh, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with them, but they don't really define happiness. Uh, there have been all sorts of studies that show that above a, a fairly reasonable uh, income level, you don't end up tracking greater happiness with more money. Um, it, it's, success is a deeply internal feeling uh, and state of being. And uh, at least that's you know, what I have found and how I lead my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, was Mother Teresa a failure? She didn't end up making a whole lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> But I think that I was just reflecting as you were speaking, what came to me is the image of some uh, African tribes and, you know, where there's really very, very little income, and yet there's tremendous dignity in the in these people and resilience and beauty, and 
that coming from that inner success, Dick, I, I know that you have walked amongst these people and you have the common touch because you're coming from your heart and from your inner success. And so you connect with people rather than having the trappings of your outer success be a barrier. And uh, I was just really reflecting on how you travel around the world and make those connections with people. I got an insight from listening to you about how you do that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I always view it as I have a whole lot more to learn from those people that I'm, I'm, I'm there with than they necessarily have to learn from me. So just being open to that uh, is great. I mean, it's... Yeah, keeping an open mind and, and listening to um, the people you're working with, you know, treating them as peers, even if you are ultimately responsible for some outcomes, like most leaders are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gentlemen, we want to thank you so much. Joel Apple, Dick Simon, for being part of the Hoffman Connection this afternoon. Um, it's, you know, redefining this, not just by words, but actually your stories as well, has been really wonderful. So thank you both very much for being here um, this afternoon. Thank you for the opportunity. It was, it's really great. Absolutely great. Thank you. We're just about to wrap up and want to thank everybody for listening and also to let you know that these shows are archived at Voice America Radio. So if something in today's show you'd like to rehear or recommend a friend to listen to or you haven't caught any of our past shows, um, just know that you can read, uh, get them at your own timing by just going to Voice America and finding the Hoffman Connection there. All our shows are archived. I've had a good time listening to the ones that I wasn't on, Raz. It was nice to hear you um, pulling it off all by yourself. (laughs) We're just about to close. Anything you want to say, Raz, before we finish off? Well, I just think we're all engaged in evolving new models of 21st century leadership and that the models from the last century and the century before that uh, essentially are all uh, evolved from a military model, and I think that that model is becoming obsolete, and we're developing something new, and I just am so grateful for Dick and Joel uh, opening their hearts and minds and telling us how they're stepping into that. Great, Raz. So next week's guest is Stuart Emery, and I also want to just let you know that right after this show and also every Tuesday afternoon at 5 o'clock Pacific time, you can learn more about the Hoffman process with a free confidential introductory call. And to find out more about that, about the process in general, about all of us in our radio show, you can go to hoffmaninstitute.org, our website, and get much more information about the Hoffman process, how we serve our graduates after the course, and also all the different programs that we've been able to produce thus far here on the Hoffman Connection. Thank you, Raz. Great hanging out with you as always. And we'll see you all next week, hopefully, here on the Hoffman Connection. Thank you again for being a part of the Hoffman Connection. Please join your hosts, Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon, again next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, make it an outstanding week.